reading is taken from Philippians 1, um, chapter 1, verse 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Kim, thank you very much indeed. I am a father of two sons from whom I have not heard. (laughs) That said, I didn't expect to. So that's okay. And I'm cool with that. Um, I've had a personal um, letter from Debbie. I just thought I'd... No, hang on. I I need to go back. Oh, it's not going to work now. Guy Peters. Happy Father's Day, D. Sorry I'm not there to celebrate it with you. (laughs) That's a result. (laughs) The other one's probably not awake yet, because he's in America, so that's fine. Um, Now, what was I saying? Ah, yes, I've had uh, uh, an email from uh, Debbie, so I just thought I'd read it to you. Uh, To you all at St. Saviour's, including Kia and David. Nice that she put us last, I thought, but there we are. (laughs) Sorry? To to all at one, sorry. I'm being... (laughs) That's probably why she put us last. <laughs> to all at Wanish. That was me reading into it. Why did I do that? Uh, I love you all. Uh, and I thank God for all that we've had and done together. Uh, we continually pray for you day by day because of the journey that we've walked. And I know that God will be with you even when I can't be. I feel this way because I love you. No matter where I am and what I'm doing, I know that God will finish all that he has started. And so I pray for you, that you may know his love more and more. In every way, 
so that you'll be able to understand what it is to walk the path of God and that his fruit and his love would be shown in your lives. That, of course, is Paul's letter to the Philippians. Just brought up to date slightly, other than the error at the beginning. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we are one family. And we're on one path together. And so we pray this morning that you may enlighten that path to show us where to walk and how to live our lives for your service. So open our hearts and minds now, we pray. Amen. As I say, that is, of course, the letter uh, from Paul to the Christians of Philippi. Uh, Just to give you some background, Philippi was one of the leading cities uh, of Macedonia, uh, and Paul, Timothy and Silas had set up, with some others actually, had set up this church about AD 49, 50, something like that. Uh, so not long after the death of Christ. And Paul had been called, if you read Acts 16, he'd been called in a vision uh, specifically to go to Macedonia. And if you were to look at it now, it's sort of northeast Greece, that sort of area. Uh, and then Having set up the church a few years later, about 12, 13 years later, something like that, Paul is in house arrest in Rome, uh, and he mentions that he's in chains. They they could be real chains. Uh, It could be that he feels chained up, uh, and it could be figurative. But he writes to this city to encourage them all and direct them in their faith. And I like to think Debbie would do the same thing for us. Debbie writes to us, she would do so with fond memories because when she thinks of us, so her heart would be thankful and filled with joy. Which comes with partnership. She came here with a job to do and actually we responded to that. We responded to the gospel that she was explaining. It is a journey as she did say so often. It's a journey of faith, but it's a journey where we can have confidence because of the person in whom we have put that faith. And that is Jesus Christ. That's why we started the journey. And we can have confidence that that work would be completed. Now, there are lots of parallels between what Debbie might say and what Paul is saying in this letter. There are some variations, however, Uh, Because when Paul was in uh, Philippi, he didn't necessarily have a smooth ride. Uh, He was pitied, derided. He was chastised. He was put in the stocks. And he was scourged. I don't think we've done that to Debbie. And as I say, he was now under house arrest in Rome, where ultimately he was going to be executed. So the context is slightly different, but notwithstanding that, Paul loved his fellow disciples in the city of Philippi. And the letter is addressed, as you will have seen, to all the saints, because they are partners in the gospel. 
And partners have a common goal and a common aim. I was at a, a partners conference for our firm this week uh, and people had come from all over the world and all over the country and we all had one aim. And that's what it is to be partners. Uh, and you may not think, certainly your friends may not think you're a saint. The church may not see you as a saint. But God sees you, each one of you and us collectively as saints in the church. So, so much for the background. The question here then is, if you were to write a a letter to a church that you'd left, for example, St. Saviour's, um, (laughs) what would you say to them? The answer from Paul is in verses 9 to 11. This is my prayer. Firstly, he prays that their love may abound in knowledge and depth of insight. Paul has been talking about his own love for the Philippians. Not that sort of eros type of love, as we might say, that personal love for one another. This is a much deeper, a much more sophisticated, a much more integrated and wholesome love uh, that in the Greek would be the agape love of the Bible, the deep affection and longing. And Paul's love for them comes from God's love for him. And he's so filled with the love of God that it just overflows. It cascades onto the people of Philippi. And this is what he means by saying that his love needs to be based on the knowledge and insight uh, of God. Because the love comes from God. It's not transient. It's not emotional. But it's a rich deep experiential love based on what he knows of God, how he's been treated, how he's been looked after, the love that he's experienced so uh, deeply he can uh, share that with someone else. So what have we learned about God? And that needs to be in our mind. We need to continue to seek God to have that relationship with him. I think actually now that we're in this period of uh, vacancy, uh, as we call it, uh, our dependency on God actually needs to increase, not decrease. This is a bit like leaving home. You've been taught well, you've had all of those experiences You know, hopefully, from your mother and your father that you are deeply loved and deeply cared for. But now is the time for you to walk out. To go alone. Remember all the things that you've heard and learned. And if necessary, phone a friend. Or phone your mum and dad. we walk and we continue our journey without Debbie. But God is the same God. He hasn't changed. He still cares, perhaps even more now, because he knows that we are in fear. We're anxious. We're worried about what comes next. But he knows that. His love is just the same. 
we can trust our future to the God in whom we trusted our past. And then Paul moves on in verse 10. He says, I pray that we may discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So this seeking of knowledge and insight of God is ongoing. It doesn't finish at our conversion. It doesn't finish at our acceptance of Christ. Really, that's just the beginning. And Paul comes back to this, actually, and I don't want to step on the toes of whoever does Philippians 2.12. But there it says, My dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're not capable, we know, don't we? We're not capable of reaching God in our own strength. We can never make ourselves pure and clean because we are forever tainted with sin. But we should aim day by day to walk more closely with God through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, many of you know, because you've asked me, um, how uh, our son's wedding went in San Diego. Um, And it was great. I was going to show you some pictures, but that would would dilute what I'm trying to say, so I I won't do that. Uh, And, of course, San Diego's in California, west coast of America. It never rains. Uh, It's just pure sunshine. It rains about three days a year, something like that. We got one of them. We were in the uh, San Diego Botanical Gardens. Beautiful setting, uh, earth paths, lovely grass, beautiful tropical scenery and a wedding dress. Not a great combo, let me tell you. In two weeks, two weeks yesterday, uh, we are having a service of blessing here uh, as a sort of UK version of the same wedding, which is going to be very exciting Katie intends wearing the same dress. It is revolting. (laughs) It is black to about knee high. Marion has therefore spent most of this week, because we brought it back with us, uh, Marion has spent most of this week cleaning it. Little by little, layer by layer, piece by piece, And I can't tell you what it looks like now. (laughs) It's fantastic. You wouldn't know it had got dirty in the first place. And I think that's what Paul means here. We're tainted by sin. We're dirty and unwholesome. But every day we can go back to him. We can make ourselves cleaner and fresher, and more pure, if only we dip ourselves into the bath of God. And it's his spirit working through us. The more we plug in, the more God's spirit can work through us, and we can work out our purpose and our salvation. So verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. This is the third part of his prayer. Because as we work at coming closer to God, as we fill up on his love day by day, we will express more and more 
his personality, his character, his perspective, his attitudes and so on. Because what happened with that wedding dress is that it it spent its time on the ground and it soaked it all up. It's a bit like if you had a piece of blotting paper and you held it in uh, some ink, you would see the ink rising up the blotting paper. Now, if you took it out, it would stop and the ink would have only got halfway. And there is a danger we could be like that, that we've walked a journey with Debbie so far and now we say, well, that was good. We'll just get off now and we'll wait until a new person comes. But God doesn't want us to do that. God wants us to go back and dip back in that ink to keep coming up. Do you get the point? The longer we spend in the presence of God, the more likely we are to reveal his character through what we do and through what we say. And that is ongoing and it doesn't stop. After the blessing, we're having everyone back to our house. Uh, I mean, a typical son, isn't it, really? He, he loves the free-form Californian wedding. But when it comes here, he wants everything. So they're all coming back to our house for garden party and the marquee and the hog roast. She's a vegetarian, but never mind. <laughs> we have warned her the head will still be going on round and round. She's cool. In fact, everything's super with Katie. She's super blessed. She's super busy. (laughs) But they're coming back to our house and therefore I've had to tend our garden slightly more than I might have done in the past. I love perennials because you put them in and you leave them. You just sort of cut them back a bit occasionally and off they go again. But this year I've, I've actually had to go out and do some weeding. And I've had to buy some more plants with a bit more colour and I've put them in. And I've had to feed them and water them. And at the end of last year, all of our grass had died. All of it. So we've had to put down new grass and I've had to water that over and over again. Forgive me if there's a hosepipe ban, it's my fault. But isn't that what we do as believers in God? We have to tend the garden. We have to go back day by day to keep dipping in, to keep drawing up the presence of God. It's all there for us. But we haven't got a God of black and white. We've got a God of colour. And if we want a God of colour, we've got to put the colour in. And we've got to tend it. And we've got to nurture it. It's all there for us. Let's plug in. So Paul's prayer is very simple, but it's very complete. And he says, even though I'm not there, even though I'm not with you, seek out the love of God, rely on his power and his presence and work out your salvation by becoming the people that God wants you to be so that when other people see you, they will not see you, they will see the character of God. And that, I suspect, would be Debbie's prayer for each one of us, that we would not stop now We won't wait until a new incumbent arrives in order that we can pick up our faith once more. This is the time. This is our time. This is our opportunity to be linked and plugged into God individually 
and as a church of St. John the Baptist Wanish. I got it right. This is our time to press ahead for the goal that is set before us, the crown of Christ. That our village, our communities, our friends may see that we are the character of God in this place. This for this church, this period, because we are all seeking God individually, should be a period of growth. And yet, as the archdeacon said to us, so often it's a period of decline when there is no vicar. I, I, that is, must be wrong. This should be a period of growth because we individually are dependent on God. And then together, we support each other through that same love. That God's word, God's character, God's purpose would be known in this place. Are you with me? Some of you are good. That was an American attempt at getting interaction. We're in this together. But God is with us. And if God is with you, who can be against you? Let's just bow our heads and pray. How deep is our Father's love for us? How vast, beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch, me, his treasure. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders, ashamed. I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there. But he stayed there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it's finished. Therefore, through his love, I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Let us pray that that is so. And Lord, walk with us, inspire us, and open our hearts and minds again to know the love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.